Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Whether pain to you looks like a needle in the arm or a Mack truck in front of you, or divorce, or cancer, or job loss, or financial hurt, or ruin, or the loss of a loved one. We all experience pain. It's inevitable. It's, it's an, an inevitable part of life. The thing is, what do we do with it? Is, is pain the end in and of itself, or is it, a, is it a means to a different end? In the life of a believer, it should have a different result. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12, if you will. We're going to look at this text today from Hebrews 12, verses 7 to 11. And uh, glean four things today from this text about the design, God's design at least, for when we experience and walk through times of pain and hardship. Verse 7 says, Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their fathers? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate children at all. Moreover, we've all had human fathers who disciplined us as we, and, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of Spirits and live? Our parents disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in His holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. I want us to see today from this text about how God can, by way of our pain and our hurt, bring peace to us as, as the end to this means of pain. First thing I want us to see is this. Turning pain into peace is about endurance. Look at verse 7 again. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. These two two-word phrases, endure discipline and modern culture, have about as much to do with each other as San Francisco does with Knoxville. We're just polar, they're just polar opposites. Endure hardship and modern culture. Our culture has no concept of enduring hardship. In fact, it runs from hardship and pain as quickly as it can and tries to find the means to, to escape or to cope. Uh, that's why depression is so high. That's why addiction is so high. It's because we're seeking ways to cope and try and manage what is, in essence, God's design for us to bring us in the end, peace. We'll see that in just a moment. Uh, Modern-day believers, they'll need to understand that if we're ever going to get to the place where we're living at peace, regardless of our circumstances, then enduring some hardship, enduring some pain is going to be a means to that end. We need to, to, to grasp that and embrace that. Uh, it's, it, it, that, by, that is, in essence, by God's design. He goes further here, though, to refer to it as discipline, uh, meaning that it's going to be a regular part, a routine part of our life, uh, at least of a, of a believer's life, if we're ever going to experience peace as a lifestyle instead of just visiting peace occasionally. If we, if we are going to experience it as a lifestyle, we're going to walk through some pain on a regular basis and discipline ourselves to the mindset of dealing with that on a regular basis. Hardship can take on a number of, uh, a number of forms. It can look like 
physical uh, pain and hurt and suffering. It can be emotional. It can be relational. It can be financial or something else. All of which are painful experiences. And we, all, we would all agree to that. But one of the keys to turning pain into peace is endurance. As we see here. That's why we need each other as the body. The body of God, the body of Christ was designed for a twofold purpose. To be a witness to the world, an example to the world of what walking with Jesus looks like. Not in essence that we've all arrived to have all the answers. We're still sinners, yet we're saved sinners. The other purpose for the body is inward. That we draw strength from each other, encouragement from each other. Praying for each other, building each other up, as, as the scripture says. So, I guess the first question you would have is, Tim... Are you asking us to run toward endurance, to run toward pain? Absolutely not. We don't have to enjoy it. But it's high time we start whining about it. It's high time we start stop running from it and see it as a means to the end of peace that we're going to see in just a few moments that God might have for us. But to get there, undoubtedly, we're going to have to endure some hardship. Endurance is going to have to be a, a key element of, of the life of a believer to get to peace. Second thing is this. Uh, turning pain into peace is not only about endurance. It's about assurance. Look at verse 8. Assurance. If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate children at all. If you're not disciplined, you're not legitimate, he says here, children at all. Perhaps one of the greatest markers in conquering doubt in the life of a believer, doubting your salvation, whether you're a child of God or not, is making sure that you have experienced discipline. For God disciplines his own, the scripture says here. He doesn't those that are not his. Look, look, back up a few verses in, in the chapter 12 of Hebrews and look at the latter part of verse 5 and verse 6, which is a, a, a take here from Proverbs chapter 3. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves. He chastens everyone he accepts as a child. Listen to those last two phrases. He disciplines those he loves and chastens everyone he accepts as a child. So if you're not experiencing the discipline of God, it's a great time to stop, to hit, to hit the pause button and say, am I a believer? Do I know Jesus as my Savior? If, if I'm not experiencing his discipline on a regular basis, do I know Christ as my Savior? Because he disciplines those he loves. He chastens his own children, as we see in Scripture. So that's a great indicator for us. It should be a great matter of assurance for us. If we undergo pain and, and discipline and hardship, that God's at work because we're one of his children. In fact, uh, this uses the term legitimate uh, to lend itself to the possibility that there are those, and perhaps many, who think they're believers who are not, who, who actually don't have a relationship with him. Uh, and, and in fact, the Scripture tells us many who call me Lord, Lord, uh, are not my own, not my, not my children. Depart from me, the scripture says. I never knew you. Perhaps they believe that because of their heritage. My mom and dad were believers. They, they, they brought me up in church. Or I've been in church most of my life. Or I've even served in a, some, some capacity church. Yet, there's never been a, a specific point in my life where I realized I was lost, needed a Savior, stopped to invite Christ into my heart and claim Him as my Lord and Savior. If that's never happened, you're not a believer, friend. You may know a lot about God, but you don't know him personally if you've never stopped and submitted your, yourself to him and given your life over to him intentionally and specifically. So, it, however, if you have, he's going to discipline you. He's going to correct you. He's going to bring you uh, through some times of hardship that you, you're going to have to endure. Yet, that endurance should lead to assurance. So, if you're undergoing discipline, 
on a fairly regular basis, it's a good indicator that you're a child of God. You belong to him. Uh, he's doing a work of refinement in you. And that should bring you a sense of assurance that, that you belong to him. Thirdly, not only is turning pain into, into peace about endurance and about assurance, it is also about holiness. Turning pain into peace is about holiness. Look, at will, if you will, at verse 10 with me. Our parents disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. He disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. If you're a parent, you understand that raising kids is no easy job. It's, uh, in fact, it's one of the hardest things you'll ever do. You hope your discipline, your correction, looks more like guidance, looks more like direction, than it looks like anger, or, 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 or than it looks like manipulation. So you do your best to explain the spanking, or explain the timeout, or explain whatever other consequence there is for that behavior. But you really can't know that that, that behavior change has been brought about uh, out of fear or out of respect until you have a larger sample size. It's when, when kids are small and certainly can't communicate to you as well as they can when they're teenagers and they'll tell you what they think when they're teenagers. But you can't get, you can't get when you can't get the response, you, you, you're looking for a larger sample size to see about this very thing. And the very thing is this. The desire, the, the desire in child discipline is a, is a changed heart. You can change a kid's behavior. You can make them afraid of you. You can manipulate that behavior. But a changed heart is something altogether different. And it takes a larger sample size than just one or two events in a child's life to see their heart has changed. They're doing this because they want to, because they, they see it and, and think and believe that it's right. Same, thing, same situation here. Uh, God's looking for a changed heart. He's looking for behavior that uh, absorbs and endures hardship and, and is, is assured because of it and then leads us to a lifestyle of holiness or God-likeness, God th thinking like and acting like God, seeing, seeing things from, from his, his view, godly thinking. Uh, that result depends on whether, whether pain pushes us away from him or whether pain draws us to him. If it pushes us away, that's going to lead to resentment, it's going to lead to anger. And believe me, I've talked to Christians over the years, been believers 30, 40 years, who are still angry at God out of something that happened in their 20s. And I'll tell you, if God has been dealing with you since, since that long turn, he's not, <laughs> if you're expecting him to change his mind on that issue, you, you're going to, eternity, you're going to wait through eternity for that to happen because he's never going to change his mind because he's never, ever, ever been wrong. And it concerns you or anybody else. Don't expect him to change his mind. He's not going to do that. So if that, if that is our take, we often end up angry and resentful. Uh, yet, if pain draws us to him, that's a sign of reverence and respect, just as a parent would have between them and their, and their kids. We have to believe, we have to learn that those kinds of things are for, are for our good. As, as I said, that's going to take time. They don't happen overnight. The, the pain into peace is a process. We're going to look at that in just a second. It, th there is a larger sample size he's looking for in us, just as we look for in our own kids, to see, has, has our heart changed? Has our motive changed? Not just our behavior, but are we behaving differently because we see his way? We understand his plan, his purpose for us. Turning pain into peace is about holiness. Finally, turning pain into peace is about endurance and assurance and holiness, but it is also about process. It's about process. Look at verse 11 with me. He says there, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. 
Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace. Pain always has a purpose. If you, if you leave today remembering nothing, don't forget that. Pain in, in the life of a believer now. And for a non-believer, you can throw that out the window. Pain may be, may be to draw us, by the Holy Spirit drawing us to God to recognize our lostness and our need for Him. But in the life of a believer, of a Christ follower, of a child of God, pain always has a purpose. God always has design to it. It can be hard to see in the moment sometimes, but He is always up to something good in us, Scripture says. Uh, and that good in us can sometimes only be brought about through, through, through pain or through a hard place. And also that something good follows this process, this process of endurance into assurance, into holiness. As we see this process unfold, <clears throat> the process, it leads to, as he says in his verse, a harvest, uh, meaning an abundance of righteousness and peace, meaning it becomes a lifestyle not just a temporary vacation that we visit occasionally when we experience peace momentarily, but peace as a lifestyle. Then there's this phrase in verse 11, later on. Don't you wish later on <clears throat> referred to a few hours or maybe, maybe even a few days? Seldom is that the case in the life of a believer. Later on is often months, some, in some cases years. As I said earlier, this process of turning pain into peace is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not instantaneous. We get there because of what we learn about God and learn about ourselves and how he works in us to work through us. It's a process. It's learned behavior. That's seldom the, the case where, we, where, where that, that's a quick turnaround. But we can make it quicker by not taking shortcuts in this process, not trying to avoid endurance, not trying to avoid assurance and seeing ourselves belonging to him, not trying to avoid holiness, walking through all three of those things to get to uh, this process of, of pain becoming peace. So what he's saying here, in essence, is this. Stay the course. Stay the course. Oftentimes, we bail out sometimes moments or just, just days before God is going to return something around for us and help us to see a side of this issue, a side of this hardship that we couldn't have seen, not enduring to the end of it. And we short-circuit it and bail out too quick, and we never see what he's up to as a, as a part of the process. The peace will always be worth the pain. It'll always be worth the pain. Here's a couple of takeaways as we wrap up. First is this. If peace is a desirable place for you, understand that it has a cost. If it, if it, in other words, if you're in a hard place, and you're looking for peace in the midst of a hard place, Understand that it has a cost. But here's a question I want to ask in relation to that cost. How many things worthwhile in your life haven't, hasn't cost you something? How many things in your life that are worthwhile, that are worth having, worth living, worth possessing, worth owning, worth knowing about, worth walking out, how many of those things haven't cost you something? Things that are worthwhile are going to cost us something. And there's a cost to peace. The cost is pain. But here's a perspective I want you to leave with today. That if you're struggling whether it's worth it or not, ask someone seasoned in the faith whether it's worth it or not. And here's a hint. How do I know someone seasoned in the faith? They're probably going to have some scars to go along with the stories. Ask someone that you've seen some scars on their life to go along with the stories that they'll tell you about, yeah, the pain's worth it. 
And here's, 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 here's where God showed up in my life in this moment where, where, where it was darkest. And I thought, I can't make it. I can't put one foot in front of the other. God's going to show up to bring peace in that moment. Of, as I've stated in Isaiah 46 so, so many times, I've got you and I've got this. Let's keep walking. Let's keep walking. Let's keep walking. And he gives us the peace and assurance to say, I'm going to make it through this. God's got design to it. He's got my good here, here in this passage that we read about. He's got my good in store. He's got understanding in store. He's got this assurance of my faith in store. I need to endure this. I need to walk it out. I need to stay with it. I need to stay with the process because story after story and time after time, he is good and faithful to do that. If peace is a desirable place, it's going to cost you something. And, and learn to get perspective by asking somebody a little further down the road than you. Is it worth it? Is, is the peace worth the pain? A person seasoned in the faith is going to tell you every time. Not just sometimes, every time. Yes, it's hard, but this place is not heaven. Heaven is heaven and nowhere else is. And I don't know why so many times believers expect this place to seem like that or to work like that. And it's not designed to. This is a broken, sinful world. And in this place, the scripture says, man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. We're going to have trouble and hardship here. But he's, his design is that pain lead to peace. If peace is your desire, walk it out. Stay the course. Let's pray. Father, today, help us to see the wisdom in these words. To see and understand that enduring hardship is not easy. It's difficult. That having the assurance that we belong to you is not easy. It's difficult because we are legitimate children of yours. We know you personally. And you're walking out discipline in our lives to correct us, to draw us, to make us more like you. Holiness should be a result as well. When we start to see things and look at life and our circumstances through your lens, not ours. Help us to see those places. And then walk out that process to where we see that and this process is working. God's got design to this. I know more and see more now than I did a week ago, six months ago, a year ago. I see what God is up to now. He's not finished. This is still going on. I'm still, still struggling in some areas, but I see the God's hand now at work in all of this. And if I'll stay with you, if I'll hang on to you, peace is going to come over my heart and over my life. And it's going to be a lifestyle for me, not just an occasional place I visit, but a lifestyle for me. That I walk in peace. I walk in the assurance of knowing that God's up to something in me and that something in me is to make me more like him. Help us to see that, long for it, walk it out, and never run. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ. 